Welcome, you lovelies, to your Monday episode, All Guns Are Blazin', with remastered old-time radio stories just for your ears. From the series, this is your FBI. Two episodes back-to-back today, with Death in the Tropics as your first episode. Crime doesn't take a holiday, and neither do the FBI. We've got deceit, betrayal, and murder. And your second This Is The FBI episode is Walkie Talkies that make crime so much easier to commit, but also so much easier to track. Mates, I hope you had a kick butt weekend. For me, it was my usual weird self, eating chicken heart, ox tongue, and chili pig intestine. Don't knock it until you try it, mates. Quite the culinary experience for sure. And I hope all of you had a weekend packed full of tastiness. Speaking of tasty, my deliciously lovely Patreon supporters, Maximum Moxie Matthew J. Bauer. Try saying that one quickly. The Criminal Queen Maya. I Own Cows, The Black and White Patches of Justice. And Lee Bauer, The Scales of Power. Thank you so much for your support, folks. You always put a smile on my face, mates. And that pep in my step. If you want to support the show, just like these brilliant people, visit www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt and send the love my way. I've also updated my Patreon support options as well, so go check it out when you get a chance, because I'm working hard, as always, to bring you more value. Because I really appreciate your support. And also, gotta thank my old grain forces. Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lorraine Crisanto, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Michelangelo Yacone, and Robert Fisher. Thank you all for being so damn lovely and keeping the lights glowing and the blood of this podcast flowing. Now, mates, get comfy. Put on those headphones and ignore your co workers and enjoy two remastered tales of crime and criminality. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is Your FBI, an official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Are you one of the 50 million Americans covered by Social Security? Well, there may be a pleasant surprise in store for you. In a few minutes, you'll learn from our sponsor, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States... How easy it is to build social security into full security. Tonight's FBI file, Death in the Tropics. The familiar adage has it, 
that the best-laid schemes of mice and men oft-times go astray. To which we might add, while those of criminals inevitably go astray. One of the most monstrous criminals of all times, Adolf Hitler, was defeated by the inexorable truth of this. And day after day, lesser criminals, such as those in tonight's case from the files of your FBI, are likewise vanquished by it. For the evil schemes of men are as fragile as the minds which create them, and they crush like eggshells against the rock-ribbed eternity of justice. In a rather lavish apartment in midtown Manhattan, a young woman is just admitting a guest. He is one Dan Ogden, junior partner of the firm of Durant and Ogden, specialists in interstate commerce. Hijacking. Come in, Dan. Thanks, Millie. Where's Jack? Inside, getting dressed. Oh. You want a drink? No, thanks, baby. Well, tonight's the night, huh? Yep. What's the setup? Pretty big job. Uh-huh. Nearly 4,000 cases of bonded whiskey. Hey. Got to knock off four trucks. It's really a tough order. Ah, we got it all laid out. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Shouldn't be any trouble. How much cash will that stuff bring? A real bundle. Oh, that I like. Hey, Millie, where's that, Dan? Oh, how are you, Dan? Hello, Jack. I'm glad you stopped by here, kid. I, uh... I got something I want to spring on you and Millie Bowles. What are you looking for, Jack? That big brown envelope. It's I... right there on the table. Oh, oh, yeah, good, good. There's uh, something in here I want to show you. What is it? Pictures. Huh? Now, uh, sit down, both of you. What is it? Sit down, will you? Okay. Look, Danny, when you and I started in business together, we agreed that if either one of us wanted to pull out sometime, he could. Remember? Yeah. Well, tonight's my last job. What? Are you kidding? I got plenty of letters packed away for me and Millie, and we're going to get out of this larceny business for good. What are you talking about? Here you are, baby. Take a look at this picture. What's this? It's a banana plantation. So? Yep. I bought it a month ago. What do you know from bananas? That's your favorite dish, ain't it? <laughs> bananas and cream for breakfast? Yeah, so but... So you got a whole plantation of them to go against. Where is this joint? Puerto Rico. That's in Africa. Look, honey, it's only 1,400 miles from here. It's, it's right under Florida. Any geography would tell you that. It's still Africa. Okay, okay. Anyway, sweetheart, we're leaving on a boat in the morning. From then on, we're living like dukes and duchesses. How's it sound here? Well, I... Well, what do you think about it, Dan? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's swell. Oh, sure, sure. And so will you, Millie, when you get to thinking about it. Hmm. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Look at the time, I... I gotta go and chase that warehouse where they're loading the trucks. I'll uh I'll pick you up here in thirty minutes, Dan. And look, build Millie up on Puerto Rico while I'm gone, will you? Yeah, yeah, okay. See you later. Well, sweetheart? If he thinks I'm going to Puerto Rico, he's nuts. Wants you to leave in the morning. Yeah. What are we gonna do, Dan? You gotta think of something quick. Would the idea appeal to you? Puerto Rico? Plantation? Living safe and easy? Not without you, and you know it. Okay, baby. Then I've already thought of something. 
What do you mean? I mean it was real nice of Jack to buy that plantation. For you and me. Huh? He wants to retire? Okay, I'll see to it tonight that he does retire. For keeps. At 2.30 a.m., Ralph Gardner, an assistant to the agent in charge of the New York office of the FBI, received a report that four motor freight trucks carrying 4,000 cases of bonded liquor had been hijacked. It is now a few minutes before 7 a.m. Gardner has just received a report from an agent on the case. Yeah. Well, Rankin, that's three of the empty trucks accounted for anyway. Who was that, Jackson? Yeah. All I can say is, those hijackers sure had this job organized beautifully. Well, even so, they had to work plenty fast, unload those trucks, and then abandon them way out on the number one highway. It's funny about that fourth truck. Why hasn't that one shown up? Well, we ought to hear about it soon. Every highway patrol in three states is alerted now. Any clues from the other three trucks? None. You know, this is got all the earmarks of that job over in Pennsylvania two weeks ago. Yeah. Philadelphia office hadn't cracked that case yet either, has it? No, not yet. Could be the same gang. Excuse me. Sure. Gardner speaking. This is the New Jersey State Police, Mr. Gardner. Oh, hello. What's up? One of our motorcycle men just phoned in. He found one of those trucks in a ditch on a back road. Good. That's the last one. Uh, that's, that is, he found what's left of it. Also, the charred body of a man. What? The truck had caught fire some way, and the fellow must have been trapped in the cab. Did the officer find any identification at all? Uh, he thought he'd better report this much first. He's gone back to the spot now to wait for you fellas. All right, then, if you give me the location, Special Agent Rankin will be on his way in a couple of minutes. Well, sweetheart, better take a good long look at that skyline. Maybe the last time we ever see it. it. Suits me fine, Danny. You know, it's too bad I didn't get Jack out of our way a long time ago. This is really living. Danny. Hmm? You don't think there's any possible... What? <sighs> Nothing. I just want everything to be all right for us. Look, baby, let me tell you what happened. No, I don't want to know. I just... But if I tell you, you'll see for yourself. you got nothing to worry about. <sighs> Now, this is the way it went. Georgie Fresno was driving Jack's truck last night, the one he hijacked. I had it fixed with Georgie. Out of town somewhere, he gives Jack a tap with the masher, ditches the truck, and sets fire to it. Oh. What the cops find looks like an accident. But are you sure, Georgie? Georgie's done jobs for me before. He's never missed yet. I sure hope you're right. Look, baby, we uh, better break this up now. Why? You're supposed to be making this trip with your husband, remember? But I told the purser my husband was detained at the last minute on business. We still better be strangers till we hit San Juan. That purser might start thinking something and remember it later. Well, maybe you're right. Happy sailing, sweetheart. I'll see you in San Juan. Sorry, it was so long getting back, Gardner. What'd you find out? For one thing, the truck catching on fire wasn't any accident. 
What? The body wasn't charred enough to hide the mark of a blow on the head. Oh? So, there must have been somebody else inside that truck, too. Could you identify the body? Yeah. Signet ring was still on his left little finger. The initials, J.D. And his leather wallet that had dropped out on the floor of the cab. And an identification card, Jack Durant. Jack Durant? Yeah. Unless I'm mistaken, he's got a record of... Hey, wait a minute, Rankin. Yeah? Right after you tore out of here, the Philadelphia office called. They got a lead on that Pennsylvania hijacking two weeks ago. Yeah? The same Jack Durant. Well. I sent Jackson out to pick up Durant at his apartment. His packed bags were still there, but his wife and her bags were gone. Mm, Then she must have already heard what happened. No, there's more to it than that. What do you mean? Well, apparently they planned to skip the country after this job last night. Oh, so we made a fast check on all transportation out of New York, and we found out that Durant had booked passage for himself and wife on a boat which sailed for Puerto Rico two hours ago. Uh, yeah, but with Durant dead, his wife probably changed her mind. Mildred Durant sailed anyway. Then we'd better radio the ship to keep her in custody. Well, but... what can we hold her for? We've no evidence that she's mixed up in any crime. I know. No, but... no, let's try to round up Durant's gang first. And if we find anything against his wife, we can have the San Juan office pick her up. Or better, we can fly down there ourselves and bring her back. But according to our little map here, all these banana trees we've been passing for the last ten minutes belong to us. No kidding. All we need now is cows for cream and you're in clover. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Millie, look. What? Oh, we're driving up to. Look. Oh, Danny. That's our house, baby. I always dreamed about having a joint like that. I just can't believe it. <laughs> well, we're pulling up and taking over right now. Oh, it's swell. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we got a lot to be thankful to Jack for at that. Oh, please, Dan. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Come on. Give me a hand. Hey. Oh, gee, I can't wait to see inside. Let's hurry, huh? Okay. Open the door quick. Hey, don't need the key. It's not locked. In you go, baby. Hey, what a touch. It's wonderful. Real wonderful. I'm glad you like it, Mel. <gasps> Jack. That's right, pal. Can't be. No. We thought that is up. Sure. I know what you thought. It's too bad for you. It didn't work out that way. Jack, wait. Jack, so wait long. a minute, Jack. Give me Grant. a chance to explain. Welcome to your new home, sweetheart. We will return in just a moment to tonight's case, which shows how your FBI helps provide national security. Now let's listen in on a conversation about social security between a brand new father named Steve Brownell 
and his friend, the Equitable Society representative. Boy, that's one husky-looking kid. Weighs eight pounds, and he looks just like me. Here, have a cigar. Thanks. Say, your wife doing all right? Just fine, Carl, just fine. Well, Steve, since my business is representing the Equitable Society, I ought to tell you that you now have the equivalent of $9,500 more life insurance than you had yesterday. And it hasn't cost you one red cent extra. Huh? $9,500 more insurance? How come? Well, it's from your old Uncle Sam. Your benefits under Social Security go up now that there's three in your family. Having this baby gives you about $9,500 of extra insurance protection through Social Security. Say, I never knew Social Security was worth all that money to me. Yes, Steve, many Americans don't realize what a wonderful asset they have in Social Security. They've never discovered how easy it is to build Social Security into full security through life insurance with the Equitable Society. For instance, if you already own some life insurance, your Equitable Society man may be able to show you how only a few dollars extra per month will give your family complete protection through the Equitable Extended Income Plan. Remember, your Social Security benefits vary according to your age, salary, and family situation. Why not get the facts? Find out exactly what you're entitled to under Social Security. The government has prepared a special card that will help you secure this information. To obtain one of these cards, get in touch with your Equitable Society representative or send your name and address on a postcard to the Equitable Society, care of this station. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now, back to the FBI file, Death in the Tropics. Yes, the evil schemes of men are as fragile as the minds which create them. And they crush like eggshells against the rock-ribbed eternity of justice. Thus far in tonight's case, the criminal plot of one man, Dan Ogden, has been shattered by the spouting gun of the man he schemed against, the gangster hijacker Durant. As for Durant's plan to flee justice himself, well, other events bearing on that are already in motion. Shortly after Dan Ogden walked into his death at the plantation cottage, FBI agents Gardner and Rankin from New York landed at the Isla Grande airport on San Juan and proceeded to the local office of the FBI. At this moment, Gardner has about finished bringing San Juan agent in charge Houston up to date on the case. So it seems pretty conclusive that the man slugged and burned in the truck was Jack Durant, all right. And you think his wife might be mixed up in it? Well, we don't know that, Houston, but we've got good reason to believe that she didn't make the trip here alone. And how's that? We checked the passenger list again in New York just before catching a plane, and we ran into the name of one of Durant's gang, Dan Ogden. Oh? There could have been a romance there between Ogden and Durant's wife. And Ogden got Durant out of the way? He could have. 
Have you uncovered anything yet? No. When I got your cable this morning, I started a man investigating to see if Durant had bought any property on the island. But so far, nothing's turned up. Uh, this may be my man now. He's been over at the Hall of Records for the last two hours. Houston speaking. I think I found what you want, Houston. Yeah? What is it? Well, a real estate broker acting for a man in New York named Durant bought a banana plantation about a month ago. Well, get the location of the place quick, Fred. And then get back over here and drive Gardner and Rankin out there. Jack, you gotta believe me. I didn't have anything to do with it. Stop lying about it. But I tell you... Stop lying, I said. I got a right to tell my side of it. I already know it. Okay, then, if you're satisfied with what you think you know, kill me. Go ahead! All right. Let's hear your story. This is the truth, so help me. Go on. But when you didn't come back from that job, by the time morning came, I was scared stiff. Yeah? Yeah. And Dan come to the apartment, all in the lather, and... Said something had gone wrong. And you were plenty hot with the cops right then. Instead of her. Yeah. And he said that you told him to get me on the boat and to come on down here with me to uh, look after me until you had cooled off and could make it here yourself. No kidding. Honest, I didn't want to go off and leave you, but if you thought it was best, there wasn't anything else for me to... Jack, it's the truth, every word I'm saying. Don't you believe me? Georgie Fresno got cold feet about knocking me off, Mill, and told me the whole story. I don't care what Georgie Fresno told. I know. Is the way it turned out? You and Danny done me a big favor. What do you mean? As far as the cops are concerned, Jack Durant is a dead man. What? I did to Georgie Fresno what he was supposed to do to me. Then I fixed it so the cops would think he was me. But then I grabbed a plane and come on down here to be on hand to greet you and Danny when you arrived to set up housekeeping. Listen, Shut Jack. up. Since you and Danny done me such a big favor, now I'm going to do you one. I'm going to let you go ahead and keep house with Danny. Only I might have a little trouble explaining to the cops why he has to lie down all the time. You know, I couldn't have been the cause of it. Remember? I'm dead. Jack! Jack, come back, you kid! So long, sucker. And enjoy the bananas. I beg your pardon. Are you Mildred Durant? Who are you? We're special agents of the FBI. FBI? That's right. Well, what do you want here? I mean, what what have you... Oh, all right. You might as well come on in. Thank you. Go ahead, Rankin. Thanks. Now, the reason we're here, Mrs. Durant... Gardner. Yeah. Over there on the floor. Is that Ogden? Yeah. Take a look at him, Rankin. You don't have to. He's dead. But I didn't do it. Who did? 
Well, I don't suppose you'll believe me when I tell you. But he did it anyway, and he's right here on this island now, Just no matter what... Just a minute, you... Mrs. Durant. Who are you talking about? My husband. Your husband? Don't give us that. Wait a minute, Randy. Told you you wouldn't believe me. Well, under the circumstances, it's rather difficult. Since our records at the moment show that your husband is dead. I know the truth about that, too, but you'll believe what you like. We believe only what we know to be a fact, Mrs. Durant. I'm telling you a fact. My husband, Jack Durant, killed Dan Ogden. He was here in this house not more than 30 minutes before you got here. I better take that, Randy. Hello. This is Houston. That you, Gardner? Yes, what's wrong? Just got a radiogram from your office in New York. Yeah? That body has been identified positively now, and it's not Durant. What? It's the body of one of his men, Georgie Fresno. We'll be in in a few minutes. Thanks. Right. Mrs. Durant. Hmm? If your husband is not dead, whose body was it that was found burned in the truck? Georgie Fresno. Rankin, I believe she's telling us the truth. Huh? And I believe your husband is on the island, too, Mrs. Durant. You come with us, and we'd better hurry. Looks like a storm coming up. Charter a plane to Cuba. For when? When do you think? Now. <laughs> Are you kidding? What do you mean? You ought to know. You're soaking with it. What's the matter? You're scared of a little rain, are it's you? It's not the rain, mister. It's the storm that's going on with it. Okay, so that raises the price. I'll pay it. I got to get to Cuba now. I'll take you to Cuba at the regular charter rate. But not until the weather clears. Understand? Now, look here. You can't... There's do... no argument about it. Take it or leave it. Eh... <sighs> When do you think it's clear? Well, this don't last long down here. Maybe an hour or two. Okay, okay. Had your identification to get into Cuba? I've been to Cuba before. Okay. But I have to have your name, too. Fresno. George Fresno. Okay. Take it easy. I'll holler when it's time to take off. Trace of him, Houston? We've checked every hotel in San Juan and all the airlines and steamship offices. Not booked, huh? No. So he's probably trying to go under somewhere on the island. Got the police alerted? Yeah. You can charter a plane out of here, can't you? Well, we checked the only two charter services. Durant's not booked with them either. Well, at the moment, it looks as if Mr. Jack Durant might as well be dead as far... Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah? I got an idea. I think that we might... Board the plane now if you want to. Uh, it's about time. We, uh, 
We won't be taken off right away, though. What? How come? Well, you might call it a situation over which I have no control. What do you mean? I, I... He means us, Durant. What? Who are you? Special agents of the FBI. Oh, well, I didn't expect you. Put on that gun, Durant. You're staying where you are until we take off, Roger. All right, take his gun, Rankin. Right. Now, you get up, Durant. We should have spotted you sooner. In fact, we should have known all along you'd be using the name of George Fresno. Jack Durant was tried for the murders of George Fresno and Dan Ogden and sentenced to the electric chair. Information which the FBI got from Durant before the trial led to the arrest and conviction of all other members of the hijacking gang. Durant's wife was released as no criminal charge could be brought against her. Yes, the familiar adage has it that the best laid schemes of mice and men oft times go astray. To which we add again, while those of criminals inevitably go astray. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's colorful story from the files of your FBI. And now, friends, let me remind you that no matter how much you earn, you have a valuable asset in Social Security. And your Equitable Society representative will gladly show you how easy it is to build your Social Security into full security. He'll explain to you how Social Security and life insurance can work together for your complete protection and will help you determine exactly where you stand under Social Security. No obligation, of course. Phone him tomorrow. Your Equitable Society representative is listed in your local phone book under the name Equitable. E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the walkie-talkie stick-ups. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Frank Ferries, and your narrator was Dean Carlton. This is your FBI, is a Jerry Devine production. Now, this is Carl Frank, speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States, and the Equitable Society's representative in your community, and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The walkie-talkie stick-ups. On this is your FBI. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is your FBI, 
an official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Are you one of the 50 million Americans covered by Social Security? If so, have you any clear idea of your rights and benefits under Social Security? Well, there may be a pleasant surprise in store for you, for in a few minutes you'll learn from our sponsor, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States, how easy it is to build Social Security into full security. Tonight's FBI file, The Walkie-Talkie Stick-Ups. During six horrible years of war, millions of human beings were slaughtered. And today, countless other millions are homeless and starving. All because the younger generations of two nations had been imbued with a savage contempt for the rights and property of others. Had grown up in the belief that the way to get what you want was to steal it. And if necessary, use a gun. Today, the lives and rights and property of American citizens are being assaulted by the biggest army of criminals in the country's entire history. How old are they? More than one out of five is under 21 years of age. And the percentage is increasing. Last year, the largest number of arrests in all age groups was of boys and girls 17 years old. Boys more or less like those in tonight's case from the files of your FBI. Young Jack Chase, whose crippled leg had long since earned him the cruel nickname Gimpy, spent most of his time in his little workshop in the cellar of the Chase House in Cincinnati. And that's where he was that afternoon when his younger brother Freddie and Freddie's running mate, Knuckles Butler, brought him a problem to solve for them. Can we come in, Jack? Huh? Oh, sure. Come ahead. Go ahead, Knuckles. Okay. Me and Knuckles wanted to show us how to work something. Oh, what do you got? If you lay off what you're doing a minute, Gimpy, we'll show you. My name is Jack. Okay. Put these things over, will you, Jack? Hey. Walkie-talkie radio sets. That's right. They're brand new. Mm-hmm. And they got U.S. Army stamped on them, too. No kidding. Where did you and Knuckles get these, Freddy? Well, we, we got My down... cousin just got home from the Army. He had them, and we borrowed them. Okay. Yeah, that's right, Jack. Uh, that's where we got them. I see. How do they work? Well, they have to be set at the same frequency first. Then what? Well, I'll show you. Let's see. We'll make it 112 megacycles. We'll make the wavelength about two and a half meters. Hey, what does that mean, Jack? Well, uh, oh, it would take too long to explain. You want to set this other two, don't you? Well, yeah. Let's see. There we are. I'll pull out the antenna like this. Mm-hmm. When you want to talk, what do you do? Flip the switch over this way. Well, what about when the other guy is talking? You flip it back. I get it. Now, how can we tell if these things are working? Well, 
I'll go outside and see if we can make contact. Okay. Uh, leave your switch like it is till you hear me. Right. This looks like it's going to be real easy, Knuckles. Yeah. Do you talk now? He said wait for him. I ain't going to do anything. This is Jack. Can you hear me talking, Knuckles? Over. Yeah, sure. I heard you swell. Let me say something, huh? Get away. Well, look, how am I going to help you out in that job Shut if up, you don't... stupid. The switch is open. What job is that, Fred? Fred, do you hear me? He didn't say job. He said joke. We're going to take these things out tonight and have some fun. I'm on the roof of the warehouse, you dope. And quit talking unless you got to warn me about something. Okay. Everything is still all clear down here. I found the door to the stairs that lead down inside. The nylons are supposed to be on the top floor, so it oughtn't to take me long. Just keep a watch out for the cops. I'm going down in now. I won't say another word unless I have to. Go ahead. Stopping there. Wait a second. No. No, it's going on by. Whew. Had me scared for a minute. Next time, stupid, don't holler unless it's real trouble. Now shut up. That'll be enough. What? Don't move and you won't get hurt. Okay. I could have got you coming down the steps. I heard you ever since you got in the roof. Yeah? I just wanted to see how you were working. So now you know. Yeah. Pretty smart. Using walkie-talkies, eh? Now, wait a minute. Don't flip that switch so your pal can hear what's going on. Want to get him, too. Knuckles, how you doing? I don't ask him to tell you. Give me that thing. I'll handle the switch and tell you what to say. Hey, Knuckles. Something wrong? Answer me. All right, now. When I flip the switch, you tell him what I say for it to tell him. You get it? Sure. I got it. You get this, too. Knuckles, are you okay? Sure, kid. I'll get the nylons and be with you in a minute. Some two hours later that night, in the office of Agent in Charge Revere of the Cincinnati Field Office of the FBI. I'm a night watchman down at the Medford Brothers Warehouse, Mr. Revere. You seem to have taken quite a going over. Yeah, you had a pretty good knock in the head, I guess. What happened? Well, I've already reported the burglary to the police, but I thought you fellas might be interested too. You say burglary? Yes, a couple of hours ago. Two kids pulled it. Kids, huh? There's an awful lot of them getting in trouble these days. Yeah. Now, I came to you, I remember reading in the paper this morning about that army stuff that was broken into down on the river docks last night. Oh, yes, yes. There were some binoculars and walkie-talkie radio sets stolen. 
And these kids tonight, Mr. Revere, used walkie-talkies. What? Now, one of them was posted down the street for lookout, while the other one come inside by the roof to steal some nylons. See. I should have held on to the one kid I had instead of trying to get him to get the other one inside, too. That's when you got struck down? That's right. Did you get a look at his walkie-talkie set at all? Yes, it had U.S. Army stamped on it, Mr. You must have been able to get a pretty fair description of the boy, too. Yes, sir. I'd say he's about 17 or 18. Oh, just a minute. I want to get Special Agent Niles in on this. Yes, sir. And then we'll get to work and see if we can save a couple of youngsters from getting into even more serious trouble than they have tonight. Hey, Jack. Oh, well, what is it, Fred? Has Knuckles been here? No. Where is that guy? He's supposed to meet me here an hour ago. You're seeing quite a bit of him lately, aren't you? Yeah, why? Ah, he's not a good guy to hang around with. Now, wait a minute. Since when are you running my life? I'm just giving you some good advice. Well, save it. You know, he was arrested last month for breaking into a candy store over on Front Street. They didn't hang that job on him. He got off. Nevertheless, he was guilty. And you know it. All I know is he's the right guy, so lay off him. Well, look, Freddy... My only concern is that he doesn't get you into trouble. Stop preaching, will you? I can look out for myself. Revere speaking. This is Niles, Mr. Revere. Good, I'm glad you called in. But I haven't got any lead on those kids yet. Maybe I have. What? A woman just phoned. She'd read about the walkie-talkies being stolen. Yeah? Yeah, she saw a kid next door to her house yesterday afternoon using one. Uh-oh. The boy has a crippled leg, so he couldn't have been the one who slugged the night watchman. But he could have been the one who played lookout. Mm, it's possible. Anyway, you better hop out and have a talk with the boy. Here's the name and address. Come in. Hello. Hello. Are you Jack Chase? Yeah, that's right. My name is Niles. I'm a special agent of the FBI. FBI? That's right. Well, what are you doing here? I'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay. What about? A walkie-talkie radio set. Huh? Do you have one around here? No, sir. Why? A neighbor of yours said she saw you using one yesterday afternoon. Look, what's this all about? A robbery was committed last night by two boys. They used walkie-talkies. They believe they're the same ones that were stolen from an army warehouse. I don't know anything about them. I understand you have a brother. Yeah, that's right. Is he around? No, sir. But I'm sure he didn't have anything to do with it either. We We were both home last night when that robbery was committed. I can prove it. How do you know you can? Because I... I didn't tell you what time the robbery happened. Well, I... I don't have to know the time. I see. Well, Jack, I guess that'll be all for now. Sorry I can't help you, mister. Maybe you will yet, one way or another. So long, son. Hi, 
Hiya, Freddie. Hey, what kept you, Knuckles? I had to wait around to see that guy downtown. Did he buy the nylons? Sure. How much? Fifty bucks. Fifty? But there were ten times that you told me yourself. Look, we're just starting. Wait until we get a wrap. Then we can write our own ticket. I took a lot of chances for a measly fifth. Save the beeps, will you? Is your brother in the cellar? I don't know. Let's go see. Why? I'd like to clip him for a couple of chisels. Come on. What do you need chisels for? How do you think we break into places? Ringing doorbells? Oh. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, Jack. I've been waiting for you, Freddy. Yeah? Yeah. And you too, Knuckles. What for? I had a visitor a little while ago. He was from the FBI. Huh? What did he want? I think you already know. What are you talking about? Those walkie-talkies. You didn't get them from your cousin, Knuckles. Sure I did. You're lying. They were stolen from the army. That ain't so. Shut up, Fred. They were used last night in a robbery at a warehouse. You too committed that robbery. You're crazy. Oh, no. The FBI tried to pin on me because somebody saw me trying out the walkie-talkies yesterday. What'd you tell them? Nothing. Yet. What do you mean by that? I'm going to give you both a chance first to go down to the FBI and tell them you did it. What do you want to do, see your own brother thrown in the clink? He'll only get in worse trouble hanging around with you. Well, you going to do as I say, Freddy? No. Okay. I gave you a chance. Wait a minute, Gimp. Yeah? Where do you think you're going? You won't confess, so... I'm going to do it for you. Oh, no, you ain't. Get out of my way. Are you kidding? Oh, hey. Hey, don't, Knuckles. Keep out of this. Oh, Knuckles. Shut up. That should keep him quiet. Let's get out of here. We will return in just a moment to tonight's case, which shows how your FBI helps provide national security. And now let's listen in on a conversation about social security between a man named Mike McNulty and his friend, the Equitable Society representative. Hey, what do you take me for? A big shot with a fancy salary? How can a man who earns $60 a week think of retiring at 65 with an income of $100 a month? Because you've got a good old uncle who's going to help you do just that, Mike. Uncle? I've no rich uncle. My father's only brother died last year, and all he left was debts. No, Mike, the uncle I'm talking about is Uncle Sam. What you'll get from Uncle Sam's Social Security gives you a big head start towards that $100 a month when you're still young. And what do you think of that? Me, Mike McNulty, a gentleman of leisure at 65, thanks to my fine uncle and his fine social security. Yes, Mike, many Americans have never discovered how easy it is to build social security into full security through life insurance. Most people are amazed when they discover how little it costs. For instance, if you already own some life insurance... Your equitable society man may be able to show you how only a few dollars extra per month will give your wife complete protection and assure you a comfortable retirement income through the Equitable Extended Income Plan. Remember, your Social Security benefits vary according to your age, salary, and family situation. Why not get the facts? 
Find out exactly what you're entitled to under Social Security. The government has prepared a special card that will help you secure this information. To obtain one of these cards, get in touch with your Equitable Society representative or send your name and address on a postcard to the Equitable Society care of this station. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, the walkie-talkie stick-up. In Europe, it was a lawless army of swaggering, arrogant young Nazi bullies who took what they wanted by force and savagely struck down even the helpless and defenseless who stood in their way. In America today, it is a lawless and rapidly growing army of swaggering, arrogant young bullies who are taking what they want by force. In Cincinnati that day, it was one such bully who struck down a crippled boy. And it was that boy's own brother who stood by and watched the beating. It was early in the evening of the same day that Special Agent Niles of the FBI opened the door to room 21 in a Cincinnati hospital. Hello, Jackie. What? Oh. Hello. The nurse said I could come in. Okay. Okay. Thanks. How did you know I was here? I went to your house again a while ago to see you. What'd they tell you? That you told them it was a hit-and-run driver that knocked you down. Well, that's what it was. Automobiles can mess up a fellow like you messed up, Jack, but I never knew one to reach out and punch their victim in the eye, too. What do you mean? You've got a beautiful shiner. Look, I got it just... Jack... Where's your brother? I don't know. You mean he hasn't even been here to see you? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure he was here. Well, then he must have come in and gone out by the window. Nobody in the hospital saw him. Nobody home knows where he is. Nobody at Knuckles' house knows where he is either. Knuckles? That's the nickname of the boy who slugged the watchman last night. And your brother has a pal by that nickname. Your folks told me. Oh. Why did they beat you up? Who said they did? I could tell today that you'd guessed who committed that crime last night, so... When you wouldn't talk, I left you alone. Now, look, mister... Then I... you went to Freddy and Knuckles and advised them to confess, and that's when they beat you up, isn't it? I'm not talking. Look, you're not sparing your folks or Freddy either, Jack. What do you mean? You're letting them in for a much bigger shock later on. You're only saving Freddy for that day when he kills somebody and gets sent to the electric chair. How do you feel about that, knowing that you could have prevented it? What do you want to know? Everything I've said is the truth, isn't it? Yes. Then where are they? I don't know. Honest, I don't. All right, but you can still help. Maybe you can tell me something about those walkie-talkies. Freddy. Yeah? Do me a favor, will you? What? 
Quit sneaking along the street like you're wearing a convict suit. I I can't help it. Look, we got here to Louisville okay, didn't we? Yeah, but... And nobody knows we're here. But they'll keep looking, Knuckles. And when they get to Louisville, we'll be gone. Only guys that stop moving and stop using their heads get caught. Maybe so. We gotta get a hangout. And case out another job. I've got to raise some dough first. Come on. Where are we going? To find a hot shot. What for? I'm gonna hock these binoculars. Yeah, that'll bring us 20, 25. Yeah, but what'll a guy think when he sees U.S. Army stamped on them? He'll know he's getting the best there is, that's all. Let's go. You send for me, Mr. Revere? Yes, that alert we put out on the walkie-talkies and binoculars last night has paid off. Yes? I just got a call from the office in Louisville. What happened? Two kids answering the description of the ones we're after pawned some army binoculars there about an hour ago. Oh, then I guess I better start rolling. Spencer of the Louisville office will be waiting to give you a hand. Good. All I hope is the kids don't get rid of those walkie-talkies, too. Come on in, Knuckles. Everything's set, Freddy. I got us a job all cased out for tonight. You look like you're getting ready to go somewhere. I was just waiting till you got back to tell you. Tell me what? I'm going back home. You're what? I made up my mind, Knuckles. I'm leaving. Oh. Now, sit down. Look. Look, it won't do any good to act that way, Knuckles. Maybe I didn't hit you hard enough. No matter what you do, I'm quitting. You can't quit even if I let you. Why not? You're up to your ears now, same as I am. I don't care. I'm going back home and give myself up, and you ought to do the same, Knuckles. Not me. I'm just getting started, and when we finish this job, I'm heading west. No, no, I'm not helping you. Oh, yes, you are. After tonight, I don't want you. I'll get somebody with some guts. But this job we do together. Maybe they're not going to pull anything tonight, Niles. We better wait it out, Spencer. Maybe they changed their frequency. According to the brother, they don't know that much about it. He had to set it for them. Well, our receiver is set at 112 megacycles, too. I wish we would pick up something. Of course, it's possible they might be doing a job without the walkie-talkies, but I... Wait a minute. Huh? Hello? Hello, Knuckles? This is it, Niles. Shh. Hello, Knuckles? Answer me. I told you not to talk tonight unless there was trouble. Yeah, step on it. Hello. Hello, Freddy. What do you say, Knuckles? I'm starting out the back way now, way I came in. All clear out front? Yeah. Everything's all clear, Knuckles. I'm afraid you're wrong, Freddy. Huh? Freddy, what's the matter? 
Who said that? Special agent of the FBI, Knuckles. Huh? I just picked up Freddy outside. Oh, what is this? A special agent, too, and you're both coming back to Cincinnati. How, how did you find us? When we get to Cincinnati, I'll let a certain cripple boy tell you all about it, son. Come on. Because of his youth and his sincere desire to go straight again, young Freddie Chase was released to his parents and put on his good behavior for a period of six months. The boy called Knuckles Butler, however, showed no spirit of repentance whatsoever, and he is now serving a term in a school of correction. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a timely message on the subject of juvenile delinquency from the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Mr. J. Edgar Hoover. America's crime bill runs into billions annually. If it could be diverted, the standard of living of every family in the nation would be raised. Increasingly, our crime problem is becoming a youth problem. A generation of right living and right thinking could bring crime to a minimum. If all parents would devote only a little more time to their children, learning to know and understand them, influencing them by example, winning their confidences by companionship, and instilling in them a heartfelt respect for the rights of others and for constituted authority, they would be investing in their future happiness and security. It is not too late to capitalize upon the vacation theme, a time when many young people are not thoroughly occupied now that school is out. Your son or daughter, niece or nephew, grandson or granddaughter, brother or sister needs real companionship and understanding. Give them a chance by seeing to it that they have your company during their vacation and yours will be more meaningful by having them with you. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's colorful story from the files of your FBI. Once again, friends... Let me remind you that no matter how much you earn, you have a valuable asset in Social Security. And your Equitable Society representative will gladly show you how easy it is to build your Social Security into full security. He'll explain to you how Social Security and life insurance can work together for your complete protection and will help you determine exactly where you stand under Social Security. No obligation, of course. Phone him tomorrow. Your Equitable Society representative is listed in your local phone book under the name Equitable. E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, The Sinister Witness.
The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The role of J. Edgar Hoover was impersonated. However, all other names used are fictitious. And any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Frank Ferries. And your narrator was Dean Carlton. This is your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. Now, this is Carl Frank speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Sinister Witness on This Is Your FBI. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Your FBI. Love these old-time radio episodes. Those insurance ads also had me laughing. Why, simply having a child will increase your insurance cover for as little as a couple of dollars a week. And can you be living a carefree life at the age of 60, even though right now you earn 60 to to $100 a month? Yes. Yes, you can, folks. Mates, I hope you enjoyed the ads and today's episodes. These two were certainly easy listening. No big surprises, but the voice acting and dialogue always keeps me interested. Also, it was interesting to hear the cautionary tale aspect of the walkie-talkie episode. Haven't heard an OTR promoting morals like that in a while, which is certainly different. Alright, mates, stick with me Wednesday, because I'm going to bring you something very different. And I've never done these sort of stories on the show before. If you enjoy them, I'll be sure to do more of them. Alright, have a great day or night, and as always, till next we meet.